Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing well. How was your week? Week is going well. I'm I'm feeling very thankful. It's going really well. Well, I'm so grateful for you, Dr. Jane, and and so grateful for this conversation that we're about to have this week. And you know, you said um, that this round of conversations, you wanted to dive deeper and becoming clear as to why we need to spend more time with our thoughts and the continuous thought stream. Our thoughts tell us so much about who we think we are and what we think about others and the world, and we're so attached to them, right? <laughs> so That's attached. That's so it. attached to them, Dr. Jane. We're always ready to defend them and justify them. And we're, we are so invested in being right. Well, being right is the highlight, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. You know, Anna, we are attached and we think that our thoughts are facts. And we think that our thoughts are, are who we are because they encompass our, our history and our conditioning, our beliefs, and really the, the sum of our past experiences. So how... How could we not be attached? I mean, even when asked how we ask how we feel, we usually respond with what we think, you know, and an additional ingredient that feeds the attachment is that our bodies believe everything we think. So our response and reactivity of the body, you know, supports the thinking and the backstory that fuels it. Oh boy, and does it feel it? You know, it's it's wild that we're so tied to one way of seeing things and so often are open to the possibility of seeing ourselves and the world in another way. Well, Anna, you know, most of us strive for predictability and love certainty. So um, our conditioning and our beliefs about the world, you know, seem to support that and make it so. You know, and this is often referred to as our personal narrative, and it serves as a really a sense of safety and security. You know, it provides the predictability and certainty that we seek, but it often doesn't jive with the world as it really is. So what we're suggesting is that maybe there's another way to interpret ourselves and the world that we haven't been open to. You know, our, our attachment to our thinking and its backstory prevents this. So ultimately, striving for certainty can narrow the scope of possibilities, imagination, and even creativity. Dr. Jane, those are things that can make the world and all of us better. I really, truly believe that. And uh, But if we're closed-minded, or the term that you've used in past episodes, living with a fixed mindset, we can't see the possibilities. Well, and therein lies the question, you know, that may open up a new possibility. Are we willing to shift the mindset? You know, and, and and as we travel this path to the best version of ourselves, we're not looking to judge or criticize. We're offering a possibility of a new way of being in the world, being in ourselves in the world. And the key to new possibilities starts with awareness. You know, the awareness, the awareness that that we open to more consistently is always available. And it really is the centerpiece of our journey. You know, it enables our understanding of how we make the choices that keep us stuck and struggling you know, are, are moving on the path to the best version of ourselves. You know, our, our thoughts are also ever-present and we, we become entangled in them, not recognizing that maybe there's another way. So awareness is the other way and it's accessible, but most of us haven't learned the simple skills to tap into it. 
our Western culture, you know, hasn't put a, awareness, you know, in great value until recently. You know, we've been more interested in the intellect and data and information. You know, Newtonian Newtonian science and the, and the separation of the mind, body, and spirit. Thank you, Rene Descartes. You know, put us on this track in the 17th century. And this is the mindful process we've been talking about. Pausing in the moment, turning toward or thinking without engaging as we watch the thoughts. We enter a portal of awareness and we can uncover what's going on behind the scenes of our daily life. There it is. A discovery by way of our awareness is what's going on behind the scenes. And if we stay with it and inquire into it, we can extract the meaning that we're giving whatever we're doing. You know, this requires the whole of ourselves, the emotional bundle that we've talked about, the interaction of our thoughts and our feelings, our body sensations, and the impulses that follow. You know, our awareness unfolds in this interaction. It's it's really a dynamic process and, and an amazing gift. You know, and this gift provides a knowing that continues to uh, unfold over a lifetime if we practice turning toward the continuous flow of responses and reactions that come to us in the form of sensations of our body-mind, or some people call it mind-body. You know, this supplies all of that information via our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, physical sensations. This is such a gift. Um, But just for clarity, Dr. Jane, I'm wondering about the difference between the two terms, emotions and feelings. Could you shine some light on that for us? Sure, Anna. You know, it's an important question, and my experience is that people use the terms interchangeably, which doesn't need to be a big deal. But for our purposes, you know, we're really looking at emotion as being an internal physiological experience. We're feeling it in our bodies, you know, and and it's a state of awareness that with this physical sensation gives us information about the world. And then a feeling is a more conscious expression of the underlying, often unconscious emotion. And many people are unaware of their emotions. You know, there can be sometimes like um, a a real lack of connection between emotions and consciousness, you know, and and people very often don't realize it. You know, we both know folks, and I can say for myself, you know, I I do this, that that there are times that, that I just don't recognize certain emotions, you know, like when we're angry or sad, fearful or depressed. You know, and and for many of us, it's a moment of insight or a mention by someone else that shifts us into awareness. And all of a sudden I'm saying, wow, I've really been in a funky place since my evaluation at work or since the, <laughs> since my basement flooded or whatever it happens to be. The key is that we have the capacity for awareness when and when accessed, it brings us back online as we recognize our re, our creativity or our, I'm sorry, our reactivity. So for others, there's a genuine disconnect sometimes between emotions and feelings, you know, and there's no, really no consciousness of the emotion at all. The truth is that they have emotions, but they're just not, they're just not available to them, but they're always shown in the decisions that they make or the behaviors that they display. Sometimes people just have no awareness of it. This is so interesting. How, how does that happen? 
Well, Anna, like with all of us, the first place we want to investigate is the backstory. You know, how were emotions and feelings dealt with in our growing up years? You know, were emotions and feelings in conflict with others' comfort? You know, were they shut down? Were we discouraged or punished um, as being weak or, or were they were they considered a shortcoming compared to operating rationally or intellectually? You know, this early conditioning can lead people to repress, ignore, suppress emotions, you know, and avoid conflict and pain. Or this method of training may cause the opposite effect, you know, and create um, explosive emotional outbursts, you know. We'll be talking more about this in future episodes, but what's important to know now is that it's possible to overcome difficulties with emotions, you know, recognizing them and communicating them. And it all begins with awareness skills. I should have known that that backstory would supply information of how a disconnect develops and that awareness would be a significant part of that, of the correction. Um, let's return now to the dynamic process of the body, mind, mind, body, if you don't mind. Sure, Anna. You know, with the with the body mind connection, you know, as as we've said, you know, um, it's a continuous, in continuous motion, and its unfoldment reveals an innate intelligence, which is more than just the intellect or conceptual knowing of the world. You know, this is where we find intuition and wisdom, they come from this dynamism, you know, and and we'll take it apart for learning purposes as we've done in the past conversations so that we have an experience of each component. The real power is in the present moment experience of the dynamic interaction, which is the dance of our thoughts, feelings, body sensations, leading us to impulses or behaviors. And this dynamic knowing always revealed through the perception of the observer self if we turn toward it. This is part of our consciousness and it's viewing what's happening in the moment, whether it's a current event or situation or a memory that we're having in the moment, you know, or any any and all past influences, you know, in our personal history, like the conditioning and 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 beliefs, you know, and we're viewing this all without any judgment or criticism. So we're able to observe the sensations in our bodies as they arise, as well as the thoughts and feelings that accompany them. You know, and this is the mind-body dance, and it unfolds in this portal of mindfulness, that space in which insight arises, you know, and offers us a glimpse into who we are and, and, and who we are beyond our obvious personality, you know, what we need to take care of ourselves or how we need to take care of ourselves. And where we're called to invest our life energies, you know, like what's most important to us in this one precious life, as the poet Mary Oliver says. Well, this is the path of our best and highest self, isn't it? Sure and, is. And, and you've also framed it in previous episodes as the hero's call. It's when we move beyond the daily mundane sleepwalk, wake up and know that there's more to life well lived. It's like we're attuning to all the systems that will assist us on our journey to the best version of ourselves. Yes. Yes, that's really a nice way to frame it all, Anna. You know, um, and mindful awareness practices support us in moving out of the 
the sleepwalk, as you aptly describe it. You know, we've been setting the intention to play close attention to one task at a time, our breath, washing a dish, maybe eating a pear or or chocolate, you know, that's our favorite, you know, or even climbing the stairs. So, you know, as we concentrate our attention, we are becoming aware of when our thinking pulls us away and we're acknowledging where our thinking has taken us. And then we return our attention back to the task or that point of concentration. So we've also broadened our awareness to that ever-moving stream of autopilot thinking, looking at the thoughts as, as clouds you know, across the sky of the mind and observing it all without any attachment. And now it's time to experience the connection between thinking and the body and the feedback from the body back to our thinking. You know, and this connection is of great importance to our understanding of all the emotions and feelings we talked about earlier. Remember, we said that emotions are a physiological experience, the connection of thinking and the body. Well, we've talked routinely about the body believing everything we think and feel, so it's right on time. (laughs) I agree. You know, but for many of us, connecting with the body in in a way that's, gosh, friendly or loving, um, so that we're truly listening and open to the experiences they arise can really be a new and and difficult kind of a territory. You know, many of us have a history of not liking our physical body or or our feelings for that matter. And we may have cultivated various ways of avoiding or judging, criticizing, abusing, maybe numbing or disowning our bodies. So although the idea of connecting deeply to the wisdom of our physical body sounds like the next right move, for many, it may bring up negativity and even trauma, both past you know, from one's history as well as current activities. Oh, yes, I, I, I truly believe that. And yet it's also a necessary learning piece for our path to our best self. Well, that's correct. You know, it's a direct line of information to our mind's reactivity. You know, in, in fact, we've often referred to the body as an early warning system that detects the first rumblings of emotionally charged thoughts, like, like an emotional radar that picks up moodiness or angst, anxiety or depression. Clearly, we need to learn to read the signals and understand what they mean. And it all starts with present moment awareness focused on the body. I'm pretty sure this is leading to the body scan practice. Well, you're right on that. There it is. The body scan practice is so simple. Not always easy, but it's simple, simple, straightforward. And it reintegrates our body and mind into a powerfully seamless whole. You know, it involves moving our attention around the body and momentarily resting our awareness fully on each region of the body without any judgment or criticism. And in this practice, we learn what's called sustained attention, which increases our capacity to maintain the awareness, maintain the aware state. So we're working that mindful muscle. And to get full benefit from the practice, it's important that we do it regularly, even many versions of it daily. You know, and and it's important to be kind and curious with ourselves. We're befriending the body and wanting to listen closely to all the messages and learn what, what it truly needs. 
The body scan is for sure one of my favorites, Dr. Jane. But I have to admit that I often tell myself I don't have time for it in my busy schedule. But you just said mini version, which really caught my attention. Uh, Maybe we can all make time. Well, you know, Anna, that's right. You know, because once we learn the sequence, you know, it's possible to shorten the time we allow in each region of the body. You know, in the practice, we're training our attention to focus for longer periods than usual on something that we usually avoid, our body and our body parts. So even brief brief moments of focused attention build our capacity for awareness. And the most important feature is that we're experiencing in real time how the mind creates tension in the body and eventually how the body can create tension in the mind and and, and really look at this self-sustaining loop of the mind-body connection. Well, let's do it. You know, I'm up for a body practice, this body scan practice this morning, Jane. <laughs> Good. Good, Anna. You know, I think it's important to note that, that some of us um, have an inordinately difficult time detecting subtle sensations of the body. And what I'd like to say about this is don't give up. Be kind and curious about yourself. And it sometimes takes a little bit longer to register this experience. The other thing I want to say is if something happens that it feels difficult emotionally for you physically, always go back to the breath. Let yourself settle in and stabilize with the breath. So we're going to begin by planning to dedicate about 15 minutes. So set a timer and find a quiet, comfortable place to practice. And you can either be lying down or or sitting. Keep in mind that we're not trying to get anywhere or to achieve a particular state. Our intention is to become aware of what's already here right now, meeting what arises not trying to make something happen or judge what's happening. So the key is to get comfortable. And we begin by going to the breath. And we're going to do a shortened version just to give ourselves the full space of the sequence. So we go to our breath. And we let it be just as we find it. And we track the in-breath and the out-breath. Just letting ourselves feel the inhale and the exhale. And notice the response of the body to that in-breath and out-breath. We'll let our body settle into the regularity of the breath. And we'll notice if our mind wanders, our thoughts intrude. We're just going to notice them and then come back to the breath. So as we do this, we're allowing the breath to be the place where we land our attention. Always coming back to the breath. Whenever we're distracted by thoughts, tugging at our attention. 
and we're noticing the subtle response of our bodies to the breath, maybe the gentle rise and fall of the chest or the abdomen, and letting it be easy, letting it be this gentle movement just as you find it. And on the next breath, we move our attention as we exhale to the bottoms of our feet. And now the tops of our feet. Notice sensations, contact with socks or shoes, solidness of the floor. Just remain there for a breath or two. And if no sensations arise, simply register a blank without any judgment or criticism. This is just the way it is in this moment. And on the next inhale, let the attention to your feet dissolve. And on the exhale, breathe into the sensations of your ankles. Remember, we're not thinking about our ankles. but being fully aware of any sensation around our ankles, in our ankles. And we move along now, following the sequence of body parts, always having the in-breath to shift our attention and using the exhale to open our awareness to the intended region of the body. So leaving the ankles on the next inhale. And on the next exhale, open to the awareness of the knees. Sensing the knees. And then leaving our awareness of the knees on the next inhale. And on our exhale, open the awareness to the thighs. All the way up to the hips. our attention as we inhale on the exhale moving from our hips to our trunk from the hips to the shoulders noticing the lower back the mid back shoulder blades, and leaving that area on the next inhale, and on the next exhale, feeling our lower abdomen, our chest, our shoulders right up to the neck. 
feeling all sides of the neck. And on the next inhale, leaving those sensations of the neck and moving on the exhale to our heads. Back of the head, scalp. the front of the head, our face, our mouth, tongue, the nose and cheekbones, moving our attention to the ears, the eyes, eyelids and eyebrows. Forehead right up to the crown of our heads. And with the next breath, moving our awareness of the body from the crown of the head, slowly down our bodies on the exhale to the bottoms of our feet. Let yourself be open to the wholeness, the sensations, and the totality of your body-mind. With a nice, easy breath, give yourself a high five for taking time to learn this nourishing practice and know that it supports your journey to the best version of yourself by bringing you home to your body. Wow. Always wonderful and a welcomed time spent. It's just so healing. Thank you, Anna. Well, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Just what I needed this morning. I, I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm so glad. Until our next conversation.